Hey, everyone, and welcome to Questions. You know, I'm, I'm particularly excited about this uh, podcast that we're doing because everybody has theological questions out there, life questions that they'd like answered. And as simple as it is, just a Q&A with, with Pastor Joel here, uh, it gives us a great platform to be able to answer those questions. Yeah. And so I'm excited to be with you today. And today we have a question from Sean. He says, what solution does the Bible offer for anxiety? What would you say to Sean, Pastor Joel? It's a good question. Anxiety is so frequent, so common in people today, um, which I, I think that that probably says a few things. I'll do my best not to get into some of those things, but just to go straight to the scripture. Let's let's look at Philippians chapter 4. This is verses 6 through 7. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. The Bible says, do not be anxious about anything. Right, let's just pause there for a moment. Um, we can tell by the language, it's very clear that, that the language is being used in the text by the Apostle Paul to the church, Philippi. Um, this is not an indicative, meaning a, a motivation, right? Right, something that a statement of something that's true that's ultimately going to motivate us and incentivize us towards obeying Christ. No, this is not an indicative, this is an imperative, meaning it has the clear textual structure of a command. Do not be anxious about anything. Not a motivation, not a suggestion, but a command. I, th I think one of the first things that we can do as Christians, and I know that this is painful, and I know this would go against a, a lot of what people tend to say today, but I think one of the first things that we can do with our anxiety is we can confess it to God as sin. I think we can, we can look at the fact that we're anxious, and we can look at a text like this, do not be anxious about anything. It's a very inclusive text, and we can take our anxiety and we can say, Father, I confess that I'm anxious. I acknowledge and agree with your word that says, do not be anxious, and therefore, on that basis, I am confessing my anxiety to you for what it is. It is sin. Please forgive me and please free me. Right? That, that's the power of the gospel, that Christ has not only come to pay the penalty for sin, but he's also come to break the power of sin. And so in confession, we're saying, God, please forgive me, meaning please cover by the blood of Jesus the penalty for this particular sin, but also free me from the power of this sin. I, I am, for whatever reason, because of my own shortcomings, because of my own sinful flesh, I am bound in some degree, some measure of slavery to anxiety. So I don't need you just to forgive me for being anxious when you have explicitly commanded me not to be. But I need you to please, Lord, free me from the power and the slavery and bondage to fear, bondage to anxiety. Now, let's go on. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. All right, so it's not just stop it. <laughs> the counsel is not just anxiety is a sin, stop it. The command is to stop doing one thing, namely being anxious, but to stop doing one thing by doing another, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then 
Here's the result. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I mentioned right at the outset that I think the fact that there's so much anxiety in people today and even in in believers in the church today, it says something. I think one of the things that it says, according to this text, I think it says something about our prayerlessness. I think one of the reasons why we find that even among Christians, not just the lost, but Christians tend to be so anxious, I believe it has something to do with the fact that we are so prayerless. Because the way that we stop being anxious is by being prayerful, with prayers and supplications, making our request known to God. Now, I, I want to move on from that basis now, from that platform, and, and give you a, a quote from St. Augustine or Augustine, depending on, depending on how nerdy you are, <laughs> how you pronounce that. It's always funny hearing the debates. But St. Augustine, St. Augustine, he speaks about anxiety. He also speaks not exclusively about anxiety, but he, he ropes in there other problem emotions like anger or whatever there might be, depression. He says that anxiety, right, frustration, depression, anger, these things is ultimately the smoke that rises from the altars that we erect to our false idols. Let me say that again. Anxiety, anger, depression, these things, it's the smoke that rises from the altars that we erect to our false idols. He goes on to say, follow the smoke and you'll find the idol. See, anxiety, it's a sign of something, right? It's, it's, like, um, it's like a light going off on your dashboard of your car. It's alerting you to something that's misaligned something that has fallen out of balance. It's a warning. And if you follow the smoke, just like a smoke signal, you, you follow the smoke of anxiety, what you'll find is at the end of the trail, you'll find an altar with a sacrifice on that altar that is being burned. It's being offered up as, as a tribute of praise and worship, but not to God, but to an idol, a false god. See, here's the thing about idols. Idols are shaky. Right? If you watch the uh, one of the Avengers movies, I, I can't remember. I think it was the very first one where the Hulk he grabs Loki and he begins, you know, slamming him back and forth and back and forth. And as he does, he says, "Puny God, puny God." Well, that, that's our idols. And one day when Jesus returns, he'll do that with every single idol there ever was. He's going like the Hulk to smash them while shouting, puny God, and puny God. The, the reality is the idols that we serve, right? anything other than Jesus, a false God that we're trusting and treasuring, right? we're placing our stock, placing our hope, we're trusting in this idol and we're treasuring it, meaning we're not just placing our hope in it for safety and security and well-being, but we're also treasuring it, meaning we're looking to this alternate source, something other than Christ, to provide meaning, satisfaction, fulfillment, happiness. And 
And then all of a sudden we're anxious. Why? Because it's a puny God. See, idols, they're like politicians. They promise big, but they never deliver. Right? They, they always promise the moon. But then they, they can't even get you off the ground. They don't offer the security that they promise, and they don't offer the happiness and fulfillment that they promise. When I'm anxious, if I follow the anxiety as though it were smoke, I will always find that there's some altar that I've erected to some false god. Right? I'm anxious because I'm hoping in money. I'm hoping in physical health. I'm hoping in my spouse, I'm hoping in the happiness and fulfillment that comes from parenting with my children. I am that children are wonderful blessings from God, but they certainly are puny gods. Children are blessings from God, but they cannot be a God in themselves. Children will disappoint you. All these things ministry. Right? Sometimes I get, you know, emails and text messages from people like, Joel, I've benefited so much from your ministry. And then other times people hit me up and say, you know, drop dead. <laughs> you know, they're not a fan. They, they are not, you know, they're not supporters of Joel Webin and, and, and the ministry that, that I'm doing. And if I'm putting my hope in that for security and for fulfillment and happiness, then man, when, when, the, when the idol begins to be shaken, whew, the anxiety begins to erupt. And it's just this smoke signal rising from the altar that I built to this false God. To stop being anxious, we must be prayerful. We must make our requests known to God. Not because every request we make known to God, he'll answer it to our liking. That's not what the text is saying. But in making our requests known to God with prayer and supplication, what happens in prayer is not always are our circumstances changed, but in prayer, we are changed. And if nothing else, what changes in us when we commune with the Lord in prayer is we begin to recalibrate the affections and the hope of our heart begins to, to realign and be rightly and properly placed on God rather than these idols. And the beautiful thing about trusting and treasuring Jesus is that Jesus, even infinitely greater than the Hulk, <laughs> cannot be shaken. Jesus is mighty. Jesus is the rock on which we build our house so that when the wind and the waves and the rain prevail against it, it cannot fall. When we're hoping and trusting in Jesus, it doesn't matter what happens in our day-to-day -day circumstances, we can't be moved. There's no room to be anxious because Christ is our treasure, Christ is our rock, and Christ will never be shaken. Well, that's, thank you, Pastor Joel, for answering that question. And thank you, Sean, for writing in today. Um, if you like this content, please check out our, our website at rightresponseministries.com if you're uh, watching us on social media and so forth. Send us your questions. We'd love to answer them on further episodes. We'll see you next time on Questions. As a special thank you for your gift of any amount, we'll be happy to send you a free digital book from our store. To access this offer, visit rightresponseministries.com offer. 
We highly recommend Pastor Joel's book, Am I Truly Saved? If you or someone you know has wrestled with doubts about the love of God, this would be a great resource. As a reminder, to get this offer, go to rightresponseministries.com offer. And thank you for your generous support.